What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, y'all. It's your boy, Eddie D. And again, I'm here live in Villa Eddie. And I'm so excited to be bringing you a new episode of The Southern Gent. As you know, I was gone for a few weeks, but I'm back with the jump off. And don't call it a comeback because your boy's still here. I've been doing TikToks and, you know, trying to bring a little laughter and light to the people's world. But now I'm here with a brand new special guest for y'all. I'm so excited. Like, so, so, so excited. And my guest today is none other than Kenny. Kenny, please, please introduce yourself. Hello, all. You can call me Kenny Obalade. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me this evening. I love that. Like, does, um, I, I won't tell them, like, where we met, but we did meet at, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not called that anymore. Uh, it's called Midtown Moon. Yes, Midtown Moon. Like, <laughs> people are going to judge me. Well, that's one of our first topics. People are going to judge me for going out. Like, Kenny, I was out all weekend. I was, too. It wasn't one of my finer decisions. But, you know, we're all doing the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's growth, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm growing. It's a process. I'm taking baby steps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of getting drunk every night, I got drunk. Yeah, never mind. I'm Look, still working on it. He's yet and still working on me. I tell people all the time I'm grown and my bills are paid. And so that's my justification for a lot of the things that I do. Okay. Look, <laughs> I'll take a sip to that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sipping Jack and Coke tonight. What are you sipping on? I'm trying to, I'm being a, a, a bourgeois ghetto. So I've got a little, um, Pinot Grigio, one ice with some club soda, because um, it makes me feel like I'm being somewhat responsible. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. With a little mix <laughs> of the club soda. <laughs> I got look, it. It's not Sprite, so don't judge me. No, look, I ain't judging. You know, I, my show is the sophisticated ratchetness <laughs> of us all. So I like I them. applaud <laughs> that sophisticated ratchetness, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we will joke and laugh throughout this episode, but we do have some great topics for you all that are coming up. But first, let's jump right on in it. So we talked about going out and how we made a joke about it. But of course, you know, everyone is quarantining all of this COVID news. And one topic that we wanted to bring up was pandemic fatigue. So, yeah. Kenny, like what is something that... um really made that resonate with you for a topic? Well, the reason it really resonated with me was because uh, there's there was a lot of change that happened in my life. Um, I, I recently moved back to Atlanta in December. Um, I'm, I'm an Atlanta native, but I've been away for some years because of my career. And I moved back and just when I was getting my feet wet and you know starting to make new friends and whatnot, um, the pandemic went into full swing and uh, we went into lockdown. On top of that, I, I purchased a new place, moved in, living by myself. And so I kind of hit, kind of hit this uh, perfect storm of momentous change that happened very quickly. Um, new surroundings, new home. And um, even though I'm from here, I've been away for almost 10 years. So it's almost as if the city is brand new because it's changed so much. And so I didn't really, I don't really know a lot of people here. Um, so it was the, the isolation 
that came with the shutdown, um, the, you know, the stress of the daily headlines and the nonstop media cycle. Um, there can be some loneliness involved, especially if you live alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just the, 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 the burnout, frankly, of, of trying to be an informed citizen, but in the same vein, trying to be a good steward to your well-being and your mental health. So it was just, it's something that has been on my mind for the last couple of months. Um, and I thought it was, uh, it was an interesting thing to be honest and frankly a little vulnerable about. Yeah, I think that is um, one thing that I know that I appreciate and I always bring in um, special guests that bring something different to my listeners and I think you have a great perspective, uh, a different perspective on all of the stuff that mm-hmm. impacts our lives and the mm-hmm. compounding factors that bring, um, a, that shine a light into the other issues that also bring in fatigue. So not only are we living alone and reading these headlines, well, let me say, not only am I living alone, reading these headlines and dealing with my own personal trauma. It's also the trauma of others that is like really um, causing a, how do you say it? Causing a, a heavy, this is like a weight on my shoulders. Yes, it's very weighty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because we're trying to also be supportive of each other and your friends and your family. And sometimes, you know, it, it is difficult where you're trying to be there for other people. But you have to have to be honest and put yourself out there and talk to people as well about how you're feeling and things that you're going through. Um, and for a lot of people, I know that's something that I struggle with. It, it can yeah. be difficult because you want to be the supportive, you know, rock system for for your loved ones and for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is definitely a complex that I've suffered with of like the Superman or superhero complex. Mm-hmm. So uh, when my therapist always told me, who's going to wear the cape when you destroy yourself? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, stop it. Like, <laughs> get out of my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's really true. Because who's going to save you when you need that self-like care? Because even listening to like, I don't know if you've heard about like Kanye West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> that has really weighed heavily on me. Yeah. Yeah. I um, you know, I was it's funny that I was uh watching CNN this morning and Kim Kardashian um released a response or, or or addressed, you know, that that breakdown that they had was that was supposed to be, and I'm putting up air quotes, his first presidential rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you recall, he made some kind of bizarre comment talking about I almost killed my daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, she got on there talking about, you know, his bipolar disorder and whatnot. And I'm not I'm not going to question or judge or anything when it comes to that. But it does very much highlight. I think that's a very um, almost cartoonish example of what we're talking about. But it is an example, though, you mm-hmm. know, see this where it's like, yeah. I have nothing for Kanye, but I, this is one of the few things I won't I won't judge because I get it. Like it's it's this is the 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 pandemic has been a great equalizer as far as socioeconomic status goes because we've all had to adjust our lives 
and 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 deal with the realities that come with 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 the pandemic. Um, obviously, for uh, when you're when when you're talking about Black people, it's a bit different. And this is something that I've noticed that hasn't really been addressed by many sources or media is the fact that there are already so many stressors that Black people have. Yes. Dealing with being in Black skin in America. But then you add this super stressful, life-changing, once-in-a-lifetime pandemic on top of that. And it, it just it's just the impact is yet to be seen. But I think that we have to talk about it and acknowledge because I, there's a chance it could be very significant. And like most things that impact our society, it always hits the black community harder, no matter what it is. And this is going to be different. Yes. And I think um, you hit the nail on the head when you said that was a cartoonish example, because we all have a person that we may know. It may be us. We may see. But there are so many people that have undiagnosed mm-hmm. um, conditions. And for a long time, I will say that was me in episodes, having episodes before of mm-hmm. depression, manic depression, and being high and low and going up and down yeah. to where it was like, who are you? Who am I today when I mm-hmm. wake up in the morning? And so I still used to put on a facade of I'm this happy person and everybody you know, you can depend on me because I did so much in public health. So right. it was like I needed to be that strong person. But then again, who was I waking up to every morning mm-hmm. if I could not be my whole self and say, I'm sad today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that goes into another topic that we talk about is mental health and how I, we're, I think we're both huge advocates for seeking that extra effort. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm a big advocate and I'm unapologetic about talking about, you know, my uh, journey and process and, and, and working with with my therapist and whatnot, because it's just one of those things that more than ever is going to be extremely important for for people, especially black people, to be to be mindful and good stewards of their mental health. And to stop that horrible tendency that we have of ignoring when we're hurting and when we're in pain or when we're going through and, and, and when we're stressed and when we're, we're feeling things, the, the symptoms of depression and things of that, you know, it, I, 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 what you just said kind of very much resonated with me because my sister has finally, um, it took her years to really embrace the fact that yes this is real yes i do suffer from depression and yes i do need help with it and that depression in particular is one of those things that i've noticed that our community has a really hard time with accepting as real because you hear it all the time snap out of it just Mm -hmm. do the just do that and it's not recognized as this is a honest problem just like any other pathology that you have to address in that sort of way, in the clinical way at times if needed, but you have to you know, talk to people and treat it just like you would any other physical illness that you may have because it has the potential to have even more devastating effects on your health than you know, something like a, 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 of the flu or something of that nature. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's very important. 
Yeah, can I be super honest with you and the listeners? So I had went undiagnosed with PTSD from a previous job. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been stressing about so much about work, my personal life, dealing with um, all types of events. And I had suffered like an illness and I had to have emergency surgery uh-huh. because of all of the like things that I didn't think about. And my doctor, my surgeon told me that stress can lead to physical ailments. Yeah. And so if you do not take care of it, then you lead yourself down a destructive path. And that's what I had done. And so now I'll be like Miss, um, Miss Sophia Telling Miss Seely, you know, don't don't trade places with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I mean it it definitely manifests itself in those ways. I mean, I like I, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you went through that, friend. I've I've never had a situation where it, it where it turned into a serious physical uh, ailment other than, you know, I've had, I've had situations with bodies here, but what I do have, and this is something that runs in my family is if I don't, it, it, anxiety is a bigger issue of mine. And if Mm -hmm. it's something that I don't take ownership of and, and actively, uh, uh, frankly monitor and treat for lack of a better term, I will have like blotches of my beard, fall out wow. and had like bald spots before in the past in my beard where it looked like alopecia or something of that nature mm. um i can't imagine i mean i started balding when i was 16 so i don't know what the hell happens on top of my head I just fell on the floor. <laughs> right, right. That happened just that happened just because of genes. So that I don't worry about. But you know, but it, yeah, but that is something that definitely manifests itself in me. Um, and I, I just, just, I just encourage people to like really talk about it and and, and deal with it. Um, I was looking up some things. I even did some looking today to see if there was anything out there that uh, from maybe a, a public health. A resource or something that was specifically addressing some of the things that we were discussing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see anything on subject uh, uh, as it pertains to other stressors in, involving, you know, racial trauma or things of that nature. But the one that that jumped out to me was a website from um, uh, UCLA Health, and they were discussing. Um, being honest with others about your feelings. Mm-hmm. That jumped out at me because I feel like that one is the most difficult and kind of really uh, uh, goes with what we were discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that like I had to, I, that only, that's the thing I only recently started doing myself. I found myself, you know, being here in the house, especially since I haven't, I've been working from home as well and making myself reach out to my support system and just to talk and just tell them, yeah, I mean, I didn't want anything. I was just feeling kind of lonely this evening and, you know, I'm stressed out about this meeting and that meeting, et cetera. And 
And even, you know, you were, we were discussing earlier about, you know, us, you know, hanging out and probably not being the most, uh, uh, pandemically, um, I guess, responsible. For yeah, that. the cautious, <laughs> the cautious. <laughs> right, right. And, and, having, and having anxiety about that. Um, but uh, but it, I, it, no matter how much, how much I go through that awkwardness of that first step of like reaching out and talking to people, I'll be damned if I don't feel so much better after I do it. Yeah. Um, and so it's just something I encourage people to do, you know. Uh, it's a small step, but it's a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, we definitely, um, in all of my groups, I have different tribes. And so I always reach out to anybody in my tribe to say, like, hey, you know, I'm not doing my best. Or people may notice, like, I may not post a status or Mm -hmm. a TikTok because I'm very active on social media. So they may be like, what's going on? And I may be busy with work or I may be in one of my episodes. So that's why I try to, you know, motivate other people when I'm feeling down as well, because that's what also helps me. And so mm-hmm. um, what I can say is, you know, now you have a new friend. I learned how to make macaroni and cheese. So if you ever need like oh. some comfort <laughs> food. You don't know what you just did to yourself because I like to eat. <laughs> I, <laughs> now, I got you on the macaroni and cheese and my friend would joke with me and say the spinach dip because okay. those are my two favorites to bring. <laughs> oh, my work. Well, let me, I, I have a question for you, actually. I'm somewhat curious about this. Um, so, like, you were, you were uh, um, brave enough to share some about, um, you know, your struggles with depression and whatnot. Um, and it certainly seems like you are taking the steps to try to be as healthy as you possibly can, knowing that that, that is a particular issue you deal with. So has, how has the, the pandemic, um, has, the, has the pandemic made that struggle worse? Have you had a harder time um, managing managing uh, those issues has it what what kind of effect has it had on your particular your particular journey? Wow, that is a great question. Um, it has had a huge impact on it because I am a very social person, mm-hmm. and no matter how much I try to claim introvert, I'm an extroverted introvert more mm-hmm. on the extrovert side, right? But I feed off of that social interaction, whether it's a hug or a casual conversation if we see each other in the hallway. And so that, when we met at Midtown Moon, that Mm -hmm. was the most social I had ever been in that vicinity because I had just missed all of that time of not being able to meet new people and just interact with folks. And so just like you said, I got lonely. I got bored. I felt really isolated because I couldn't reach out to the folks that I normally could see every day. And I took for granted my workspace, my work office. Mm. And so that really made me realize because we had some um, issues and it like personal issues. And so it made me realize my own strength. And so I got through it without going to counseling because I had some great therapists and some great friends who are therapists who would give me free counseling. Hey, y'all. 
Okay. So <laughs> it definitely was a benefit on mine. But I I would not recommend my journey for others. But that was the impact that it had on me. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think that um, it's funny you should mention that because I, I very similar. That was the first time that I had ventured out and um, into any kind of social situation and whatnot. And the funny thing about it is, that, you know, as I told you, I don't really know many people in the city. Um, so I walked down to Joe's for lunch because um, I ran a few errands and I stopped at Joe's and I struck a conversation with some people who were in line to order food. And um, I just asked them, was it, would you guys mind if I just, you know, join you for lunch? And that ended up, that ended up with them inviting me to Midtown Moon where I ran into you. So the oh. people I was there with, I literally met them that day. Really? <laughs> yeah. That is so... <laughs> I that is so cool. Yeah, I literally met them that day. Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> I, and that's what I love about being in Atlanta because... I'm from West Memphis and I grew up in like the Memphis area, like literally grew who Eddie was in the Memphis area. So I didn't always get like the best social interaction with folks. Mm-hmm. But being here, I've gotten like so much different perspectives. And yeah. I will say it's different because in Memphis, I was Mr. Public Health. Everybody knew me for my work and all that I did. But mm-hmm. here, nobody knew me. So it was like I got to be able to tell people who I really am. And so that's what really encouraged me to do the podcast because now people didn't have that idea of who Eddie was. And now I can actually have the freedom to say this is Eddie. And yeah. That's 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 beautiful, frankly. I I'm 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 actually somewhat familiar. Uh I, I lived in Memphis for a year. Um, back in 2010 to 11, maybe 11, 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also went to undergrad at Fisk. So, uh-huh. yeah, so, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar and I know all too well about Memphis. Like, it, yeah, it's from my experience, even I wasn't there, I was only there for a year, but I had a very hard time with meeting people and making friends and honestly, it wasn't until I started hanging out with the white gays that actually like had people to hang out with. Um, and you know, it's again, it was a fun city I think to visit, but you couldn't pay me to go back. I'm not, gonna <laughs> disparage, I'm not going to disparage your home, your hometown area, but no. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm not the type that's like, oh, I'm going to defend you know my area. Because my area experience is way different from other people. So other people can't say that, you know, hey, it's your experience and your experience. So, yes. I, but I also get where you come from because I also had the similar experience. So that's why I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but go HBCUs because yeah. I went to <laughs> Philander Smith College in Literary. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, come on, HBCU Pride. But that's another thing that I talk about, too, because I have a cousin that's going to college. And so I don't know how um, how you feel about, like, HBCUs now after that you've graduated, but I definitely to seek out one. So 
I am a huge supporter and proponent for HBCUs. And any child in my family that has a close enough connection to me and I have a say so, I tell them that you may go to any school that you want to after undergrad, but for undergrad, you need to go to an HBCU. Like I'm, I'm very, very adamant about it. And like, and, and you know, if I, the ship has sailed on me having children because I'm too old for that now. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever. No, I, yeah, no, no, thank you. But um, but my sister, if she decides, so she's talked about it. I'm gonna tell that child. I don't care what your mama says. Uh, you go into an HBCU. I don't even care which one it is. Like, well, I changed that. I have a very the background is my aunt, my mom, like my whole, that whole side of the family, like they all went to Bethune Cooking University. Okay. So I have this very weird disdain for FAMU. I, I love it as an HBCU, <laughs> but the rivalry is so strong. That it's it's just strong. Like my response anytime I get like, ugh. And it's the only school that gets that reaction from me. Oh, yeah. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> the only HBCU gets that reaction from me. The only one, yeah. Yeah, I have that with UAPB. And that was only because they tried to jump me one time. Jump me and my homegirls, okay? So I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it's just a basketball game and y'all talking shit. Like, we fight. Like, right. And it was one of my closest friends now. She is from Memphis. And so she was like, y'all ain't finna... And I was like, hold on. You're a professional and I'm scared because it's about 50 of them and only six of us. <laughs> but I'm not gonna go down there like no punk, so I still talk shit. But okay, you better believe we weren't finna ride out like no bitches. Okay, okay, look, ain't like ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, don't let the professional stuff fool you. Uh-uh. I tell okay. them all the time, don't let these degrees fool you. Okay, <laughs> it's down, honey. West Memphis, it's oh, West Memphis. Not I'm West so happy. Memphis. I'm so happy you feel me on that one because I've literally had to make that exact statement several times. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cordial. Of course, I'm having a great conversation with a smile and blah blah blah. You never see me. It's just a, I like I'm, I'm, I'm slow to anger, but once you get me there, like you've you've asked for it, and, okay. and people just like just forget sometimes. It's like yes, I am professional. Yes, I'm I'm goofy. I'm giggly and all that jazz, but. I'm still from Atlanta. Kenny, this has been so awesome. Like, I, you are going to have to be a friend of the show. We're going to have to do, like, another episode soon. So Absolutely. before we have, like, our closing comments, is there anything that you want to, like, promote? Um. Yeah, so... Uh, I want to I want to personally thank you. This has been a great experience. You've actually been a great help for me. Um, I'm actually going to be starting a podcast next month. Um, we are working through organizing the structure and the name and whatnot. I'm sure that you. I would love if you allow me to come back and be able to give the information later of exactly yeah. when and what it is going to be and et cetera. But uh, it's going to be my, one of my best friends who lives in New Orleans. Me and him are sports fanatics and you know we're both black we're both super gay and we love sports and we love talking about sports 
in the context of life and what's going on in the world and, you know, and, 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 and this, this homosexual life that we're living. And so I just think it's going to be a very, a good time and a fun uh, experiment melding those two worlds together for our sports fans out there that want to hear uh, sports talk from a different perspective than you're used to hearing. Because if you are a sports fan like I am and you listen to sports radio, you'll find that most of it is a bunch of cisgender white men who are meatheads and assume that everybody wants to hear about their wives and girlfriends. So we're going to offer a different perspective. It's going to be coming soon. Awesome. Well, you're definitely invited to come back. So please let me know. Mm. Absolutely. Well, you're going to get rid of me now. You know that, right? Ah, yes. I'll make that macaroni soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank y'all for listening. Don't forget you can follow me at Yes Southern Jen on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also email me at I go by Eddie at gmail.com. It's been great. Say bye, Kenny. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.